It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call in the show for 05362-7128. On today's show, brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com, amazing selection. We're a lot below prices of the parts your car will ever need. We're going to dive into the Thunder game against the Toronto Raptors. Lou Dort's incredible first quarter. Darius Baisley's aggressiveness. A play that stands out for Roby's future. Alexei Pokashevsky joining LeBron James in this category and setting a Thunder record plus much more. But first, we start the way we always do with our game overview. And in this game, SGA was out with that foot injury. Gabriel Deck is still out because he's not with the team. Mike Muscala and Josh Hall out with ankle and knee, respectively. Lou Dort was in. Poku was in. So Poku had missed a couple nights previously. He was in on this game. The starters tonight for Oklahoma City were Tail Maldon, Lou Dort, Poku, Baisley, Brown. However, Lou Dort was a game-time decision. He had a sore hip, and if Lou Dort could not go after the pregame warm-ups, they would have started Poku at 2 and Roby at 4. So there was a shot that we would have gotten shooting guard Pokashevsky in this game, which would have been in. Poku still has a well-rounded night that joins, uh, he joins LeBron James in a certain category we'll get to later on. For the Raptors, they continue our streak of tank battles. We had that atrocious Pistons lineup that actually beat Oklahoma City on Saturday, and then or Friday. And then today, on Sunday, you had an even worse lineup. Spicy P was out, Kyle Lavery was out, Fred Van Vliet was out, OG was out, Jalen Harris was out, but they did activate Gary Trent Jr., in, in this first half, Gary Trent Jr. was sleepwalking a bit, and he got on in the second half, and Chris Boucher was incredible, and, and Chris Boucher deserves a bouquet of flowers for what he did against Oklahoma City, which we'll also get to later on. But the story of tonight is Lou Dort, once again. And, and Lou Dort is playing at a level that, that makes you question what you know about the guy. It makes you question what you, what you feel uh, about him as a player. And, and we've kind of seen the trajectory and the career arc of Lou Dort ascend even in this small sample size of his career. His career is only 80 games old. He still has not reached a full NBA season yet. And we've seen it go from he's a two-way guy to he's a defensive specialist to he's an elite defender uh, to where he's Andre 2.0. And now we're at this point where you're wondering if he can be more than a quality starter, which is incredible to say. Can he be that all-star type of player? Could he even be a superstar? Like, those questions are not illegitimate to ask about Lou Dort, whose career has not yet reached a full NBA season. 
In this game, he goes for 21 points in the first quarter on perfect efficiency, does not miss a shot. Role players can't do that. Role, role players can't score 30 points in a playoff game in Game 7. Role players cannot score 40 points the other night in Utah. They just can't. Now, you you can get a, a Corey Brewer to get a 50-point game, absolutely. We saw Corey Brewer in Oklahoma City. But the consistency at which Lou Dort has these jaw-dropping offensive games are too high of a clip through an 80-game sample size uh, to be what just a simple role player is. Since returning from injury, Lou Dort has put up 28.5 points per game. That puts him in the conversation of Luka and Giannis. Those are two players who have also done that. Although they've done it through the whole season, and Dort's done it for a handful of games here since returning from injury. By no means do I think he's going to be a 28-point per game player. No way. But with his defensive acumen, with his ability to shut down legitimate scores in this league, I mean, he, he's had possessions where he fools LeBron. He's had games where he shuts down and frustrates Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, James Harden. James Harden, arguably one of the best, if not the very best score, pure score in this league. And Lou Dort got his name made for him by frustrating the hell out of James Harden and shutting him down. To be able to play that level of defense and then give you what he's given you on the offensive end, these 28-point nights, 21-point first quarters, 30-point nights in the playoffs, 40 points in Utah, to be able to do that is special. And you've seen him make improvements even within this, she even within this season. He's been better driving and finishing in these last couple of games. He's been better creating for himself in that mid-range area. I mean, how many times have we seen him get a defender dancing a bit and, and, and getting a, a defender reeling a bit whenever he comes within that, that three-point arc on the dribble, and then he just pulls up at the elbow, pulls up at the free throw line, pulls up at the top of the key. He's able to create separation for himself on the ball while also being a very good player off ball in, in the sense of moving and getting open off ball. And most importantly, the three-point shooting has not bottomed out on him yet. I, I think that his offensive game is still being defined, and... There is a mixture here of he's the only player left on the floor and he's one of the only ball handlers on this team and actual progression. All right, so this will look a bit different when SGA returns and it'll certainly look different if you do cash in on a top five pick or goodness, a, a two top five picks. But the, the fact that he's able to have this conversation is already has already surpassed every expectation you've put on him since you knew who Ludert was whenever they signed him to a two-way contract. And I think that it's it's going to end up somewhere between high-level starter and superstar, which could be a random one-off all-star appearance here or there, to where he's in that conversation, to where he's the hipster pick, right? He's, he's, he's who the media members are pushing because they want to show off how smart they are and flex their knowledge of the game and say, oh, I'm watching Oklahoma City, I'm watching Lou Dort while you're watching Zion. Like, like he could be that type of player because of all the things he can do. He can pass, dribble, create for himself, create for others, finish at the rim now, recently. Let's see if that continues. But finish at the rim, uh, get contact with his, with his body, knock down threes. Again, the, the biggest thing is that threes have not bottomed out yet to where the threes have not bottomed out to the point where I, I think that you can lock him in for if this progression's fake and if whenever SGA returns, he's a shell of this progression, that he's at least going to be a catch-and-shoot 3-and-D type of guy because he's still shooting 34% from beyond the arc. And his career averages are up to 33% from beyond the arc. And with, with that percentage mixed with what he does defensively, 
That is a high-level starter. So I, I believe that that's the floor for, for Lou Dort. How much past high-level starter can he get? I don't think that superstars out of the question, which is just incredible. I, I don't think that's out of the question to be a top 20 player in this league. But, of course, that's not the that's not the expectation. And that would be um, him reaching his full potential and him sustaining this, which is very hard to do. Of course, I would bet against him being a superstar because the odds just say he won't. But the fact that there's a pathway, the fact that there's a blueprint to get him to be on that top 20, top 15 level player is sensational. And the fact that we're having this conversation legitimately uh, just proves how well off the Thunder are in this rebuild and how they're going to be quicker back to that destination of winning championships and, and competing for championships quicker than we think. This is the second season since they've become the Oklahoma City Thunder that they're going to finish under 500. Second time. Their first ever season here. And now this. We've been spoiled rotten as fan as a fan base in Oklahoma City, as a community in Oklahoma City. We've been spoiled rotten. And I hate to break to the rest of the NBA. That's not going away anytime soon. It's just not. Because you have Lou Dort, you have SGA, you have Poku, you have Tail Maldon, and you have a just treasure trove of draft picks that very well could turn into two top five picks this year in this 2021 draft class that has been loaded and praised for three years now. In this draft class, you very well could have two top five picks. And Lou Dort's ascension to this quality offensive player that, that puts up these kind of numbers on a random God-given night only makes hitting on these top five picks more valuable and more important and getting where you want to go. As the Thunder now lose their 10th straight game and they're 0-10 in their last 10 games, as they hit that plateau, as they fall four games short of their longest losing streak, which if they lose today on Monday against Russell Westbrook and the Wizards, if they lose today, it'll be three games short of their franchise record on losing streaks. It's 14. In the midst of all that, in the midst of your second ever losing season, you at least have what very well could be on June 22nd, the best starting point of a rebuild in NBA history. You can talk about Tim Duncan. You can talk about Luka Doncic. But as far as a complete team with future assets that can still add to their roster, this would would very well be the very best starting point of a dynasty. And from there, it's up to this team to build around that. And from there, you got to trust Sam Presti to get it done. Lou Dort was awesome today, and Lou Dort really elevates the ceiling of what this team can be, which is already through the roof. We'll talk about that more coming up. But first, I want to tell you, my good friends over at Indeed.com. Indeed.com is incredible, folks. It's just truly great. You're the hiring expert for your company. And what you really need to have happen is you need help making your short list of qualified candidates. Well, guess what? You need a hiring partner who knows your, who makes your life easier and knows what you need, and that's Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as a one, two, three, post, screen, and interview, all on Indeed. Get your qualified shortlist of candidates with resumes on Indeed Match, your job description, faster, only pay the candidates that meet your must-have qualifications, and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools you need, like Indeed's Instant Match, giving you qualified candidates whose resume on Indeed fit your job description and the Indeed skills test that on average reduces hiring times by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skilled tests and create your own. And 
you can add your must-have requirements so you only pay for the applicants that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. So get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. That's $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions may apply. I want to tell you about good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar. It tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. They have six brand new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They're soft and easy to chew with 100% real chocolate on the outside. The Built Bars are great for the health-conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. So try them today by going to BuiltBar.com and using promo code LOCKED15. LOCKED15 will get you 15% off your next order whenever you use our promo code LOCKED15. 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Remember, folks, if you've been there before and you've loved the Built Bars, you can use our code again, LOCKED15, for 15% off your next order. And my personal favorite is the cookies and cream option. And I love the cookies and cream because it's only 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. It's incredible. Cooks and cream option, billboard.com, promo code LOCK15 will get you 15% off your next order. That's a LOCK15, 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Try them out today. Try out the cookies and cream option at BuiltBar.com. I'm going to say right now, but good friends over at the Locked On Today podcast. Locked On Today is getting you started with your day every single morning. I listen to it every single morning. Whenever I wake up, make my coffee, do my morning routine, I listen to Peter Bukowski break down all the latest news of all those sports. That way I'm up to date. Because guess what, folks? Hosting a daily podcast by the NBA hosting a daily podcast about the MLB, it bogs me down a bit to where I don't really have my horizons as, as widespread as I used to. But that's where Pete Bukowski comes in. Pete Bukowski helps me out, keeps me up to date on all the major sports, WNBA, golf, NBA, MLB, NHL, NFL, everything you can imagine. He does it over there. Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcast from. Let's get more into this game. Again, Lou Dort was sensational. And he's really improved as a playmaker for himself and others. I think that playing a full game might be tough for Lou Dort. Whenever you're trying to figure out the ceiling for Lou Dort, playing a full 48-minute game consistently on the offensive end will be hard for him because he's playing such elite defense. I will say, though, to the the point of Lou Dort's offense whenever SGA returns, whenever uh, this team gets better and gets better players around him, while the counting stats might go down, while the 40-point nights might be less frequent, what can actually help him is the fact that defenses will have to respect other players as well. Because right now in this game, who did the defense have to respect? And you saw that. You, you saw in the second half, Toronto target, and really the second quarter and, and on, the, the Toronto targets Lou Dort, and they're only focusing on him. Because Poku's 0 for 8 from 3, he's 4 for 14 from the field. Right? And, and Darius Baisley's 6 for 15, He's shooting 40%, and, and he's the leader in the clubhouse beyond Lou Dort, who shot 60% of those who took 10 or more shots because Ty Jerome shooting 30%. And sure, while, while Kenny Hustle shot 80 and while uh, Teo shot 60, uh, they were on five attempts apiece. So defense is really only had to respect Lou Dort. And Lou Dort was game plan for for the first time in his NBA career. He went from being left wide open in the playoffs to being game plan for in less than a calendar year. B 
being game plan for is tough. And you saw basically go through that too, wherever he was adjusting to being a starter, being where defenses are focusing on him a bit more. And that's a tough adjustment. And yet still Dort has answered the call this way, but that's also why you're seeing the drop off in uh, production as the game wears on, where he has 21 points in the first quarter. He has one in the second because teams are adjusting and teams are focusing on him. Whereas they don't have that privilege to do that whenever he's playing with SGA because your focus will always be on SGA. It will always, always, always be on SGA. And therefore, it opens up door a bit more. And whenever he can add to his game, he can add a respectable three-point shot, which he has done. He can add the ability to drive and cut and play make, which he's done. That only helps out his game more. However, you still need to have the red flag of, can he do it both ways consistently? That'll be something that we can't answer this year because we won't see it enough this year. But moving forward, that's a big deal for his game. What I found hilarious about Lou Dort's night was in the post-game press conference, he was asked if he was going to play for Team Canada. And he said, yeah, I'm going to try to make the team. Listen, Lou Dort, I promise you, you've made the team. You have made Team Canada, I promise you. I just found it so funny that he was going to he was going to try to make the team, try out for Team Canada. Uh, Nick Nurse would be a fool not to want you on Team Canada. So my thing is, who do we root for in the, in the Olympics? Do, do you root for the USA? Do you root for Canada? Canada's going to have SGA if he's cleared to play and able to play. Lou Dort, come July, you might need to break out the maple syrup, folks. I'm not sure how we can root against Team Canada. Now, when the red, white, and blue's out there, maybe maybe things change, but I'll tell you this much. I'm not missing a Team Canada game. I don't care when it comes on. 2 o'clock in the morning, I'll be up. I'll be watching it because Team Canada, we must watch TV. They have talent all over the NBA. Even Chris Boucher, who was just dominant tonight, He'll be there too. That'll be a fun, fun team to watch for Team Canada for Lou Dort. Uh, now, Darius Baisley, despite, once again, his box score, right? If you look past his box score, which is still a good one. I mean, 16 points, 3 of 5 from 3, 8 rebounds, a block, and assist. Still a good box score, but he did even more than that. He, he did even more than the box score shows. He was very much aggressive to the point where he's trying to dunk on people left and right. It's funny, a couple episodes ago, we made the joke that someone needs to, to wake him up and just grab him by the shoulders and say, look, Baisley, you are aggressive. You, you are you are athletic. You're the most athletic player on the floor. Wake up a bit. And we're seeing that now. We're seeing him realize that he's aggressive and that he can he can do this. He can compete with NBA athletes. And you're seeing that from his drives to the rim where he's trying to dunk now instead of finger roll. And that's the big difference. And that will, in the end, pay out dividends. And his shooting form is just so perfect and so pure that you might see the rough shooting nights as we did a couple nights ago. But... All in all, when things settle for his career, he's going to be a good shooter. He's going to be a really good shooter from beyond the arc. And the eight rebounds again. The rebounding is is key for him. And he had a turnover off one of those rebounds where he just kind of, he grabbed it and then the Raptors swarmed them and there was a triple team on him and he just lost the ball. And turnovers are going to spike for him in this setting. And again, those will go away as the team around him improves and as you know his role changes, the five turnovers tonight will go away. Uh, but a lot of those turnovers, turnovers were, again, as we mentioned before, just kind of happenstance. And we still have to remember that they are still adjusting to this new, these new teammates around them. That, that Baisley's not played with these guys a whole lot. Uh, but Baisley was really good tonight, and, and I was really impressed with him. And he had another building block Baisley performance where you can see the writing on the wall. You can see why he is tabbed as a guy who could make an impact in the future. And his future is still up in the air. I, I would still say as, as of today, as of April 17th, that... If any young piece is expendable, it's Baisley. If anybody is thrown in for a sweetener on a deal, and if anybody's moved, it'll be Baisley. 
I still do not project, though, that he'll be moved. I think that he'll be here next year, and you'll continue to watch his, him grow into an NBA player. Coming up, let's talk about Moses Brown, Isaiah Roby, Ty Jerome, Tail Maldon, Poku. He's still a main story from tonight. And also talk about how the Raptors pulled off this win in this battle of the tanks. But first, I want to tell you about good friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. While football might be over, the betting on football never stops because you can bet on the NFL draft that's right around the corner. You can bet on who will be picked where, what position goes off first, and all this other stuff on the NFL draft at betonline.ag. You can also bet on the NBA, the NHL, and MLB is in full swing right now. So check them out as well. BetOnline.ag. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real-time updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for the news, the scores, the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. Let me tell you, folks, go there right now. BetOnline.ag. Use our promo code LOCKEDON. Get that 50% welcome bonus, and we'll be betting on the Thunder together at BetOnline.ag. The bet of the day coming up later on in this episode. BetOnline.ag, promo code LOCKEDON, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I want to say right now, better friends over to the Lockdown NBA Draft Podcast. The Lockdown NBA Draft Podcast, giving you more of the analysis of the top draft picks available in this year's draft class that you need on the Lockdown NBA Draft Podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage, of all the prospects four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow Locked on NBA Draft on the Odyssey app, wherever else you get your podcast from. Folks, we're in it now. I mean, 0-10 in the last 10. We're creeping up the tankathon standings. We're in it now. It's NBA Draft time. Go over there, Odyssey app, NBA Draft, Locked on NBA Draft podcast for all your NBA Draft needs. Let's dive more into this game, and let's start with Poku, because Poku is... Phenomenal. And he was making cross-court passes like he's Patrick Mahomes. He was having sensational drives where he shows off a pass fake to a to a finger roll. He shows off knifing to the defense. He shows off that slow step through that got Maxi Kleba a few nights ago and now gets the Raptors. I'm not sure how it works, but it just does. His skill set is unfair at his size. A guy his size should not be able to pass fake like that. Shouldn't be able to pass like that. Should I be able to drive like that, shoot like that? I, I know that he was awful from beyond the arc today, but a lot of those were in and out. I mean, one of them specifically from the timeline, I mean, not the timeline, but from the logo arena sponsorship, uh, th- that goes in and out. That would have been a huge three if he makes it. Yes, he's not shooting well in this specific game, 
But shooting comes and goes, especially through a young player. The fact that he was still able to impact this game in more ways than just shooting shows his maturity and how much it's changed from the start of the year and shows his skill set of, okay, if, I, if my shot's not falling while well, I took eight of them and didn't make them, I can do other things on the floor like my passing. Uh, he had some frozen rope passes that looked like Mahomes out there and only gets rewarded with five assists. He could have a lot more. He could have had a lot more assists than five. Uh, one of them, his best pass of the night was a huge whip around pass cross court to Lou Dort and, and Lou Dort misses the three. While it does not count as an assist, it does count as him being a good playmaker and him doing great on the floor with his great vision and passing ability. Look, the shot will come and go. He, he's surely working on his shot. He talked about working on his defense. He's working on his shot as well. He's working on everything of his, of his game. He's 19 years old. He's 19 years old. Like I've said all year long, you cannot criticize Poco this year or next year or the year after that. He's the youngest player in the NBA. He's coming over from the second division in Greece. He's playing in the YMCA, for God's sake, a year ago. What he did tonight was special. He joins LeBron James in some wacky category for rookies. Still a funny stat because it's Poku and LeBron James in the same sentence, which is always going to be a lot of fun. But he's the first player uh, as a rookie to have a five-plus point, five-plus assist, five-plus rebound, five-plus block a night, the way that LeBron James did. Defensively, he gets those six blocks, huge for his game and huge for his his defense, where he's trying to figure out a way to be a non-liability. And his help defense, his ability to protect the rim with his size and length and all their shots at the rim will go a, a long ways in figuring that out and figuring out how to play defensively. He did a great job blocking shots. We've seen him block shots all year long. He's, he's the leading shot blocker for rookies, I believe, even while missing a portion of that season for the for the bubble. He's still up there. I think he's number one still. He was awesome tonight. Besides the shooting, he was awesome tonight. Six points, seven rebounds, five assists, six blocks. Really, really good night from Poku. And he becomes the first Thunder rookie uh, to have six blocks, and he's the he's the game-high Thunder rookie in franchise history for blocks in a single game now. I know the shots didn't fall, but but Poku was impressive tonight. And what's more impressive is whenever I was sitting there taking notes on the game, watching the game, I, I wasn't staring at the box score. So whenever he'd shoot a three, I never once thought, what are you doing, Poku? Why are you shooting that shot? What, what are you doing? Uh, it never felt like he was truly 0 for 8 because there were all shots that had good timing, good rhythm, uh, good selections. Uh, he, he did the right thing. Whereas in the early stages, whenever he was really bad in the first half of the season, it was you could you could feel how bad he was, right? You could feel with every fiber in your being just, oh, what is he doing? What is he doing shooting that shot? You didn't get that sense tonight, even while he was 0 for, for, 0 for 8 from beyond the arc. Poku is going to turn into a really good player. He's going to be special. He's going to be that unicorn because he can impact the game while not shooting threes, while not making shots. He can still impact the game at a high level. Now, Moses Brown is a bit concerning for me. Uh, I never bought into Moses Brown being a starting center in the NBA, but if you did, you might need to reconsider. He has a really bad game tonight, and tonight really shows his flaws because Toronto was able to swarm him with bodies down low. The offense around him couldn't pick him up a bit and space the floor better. So whenever you swarm Moses Brown with bodies down low, he does not have the size, while well, he's 7'2", to get positioning, to fight back, to box out, to, to muscle his way in there. He, he can't do it. And whenever you we swarm him like that, he cannot make an impact whatsoever. And, and he tries best to do those putbacks, and a lot of times it was more harmful than good. Moses Brown can only fit in a certain system that is hard to pull off at the NBA level. He can only really fit in a four-out, one-in offense, and Moses Brown's not really that 
talented enough to be that one in, in that kind of offense where you need to find four shooters who are heavily respected that can space the floor and take guys away from the paint. And then Moses Brown's down there by himself down low. And you can't come off the shooters to help out and help your guy double team down low and, and box out with him down low because those guys can make threes and you can get over to those guys that are in the four out side of things. Look, Moses Brown's not a starting player. That's just the bottom line. He, he can have the, the 20 rebound nights. He can have the 2020 nights. He can do all that good stuff and that fun stuff in a year where we're desperately looking for fun. We're desperately looking for something to cling on to. But once again, as I've said all along, Moses Brown's Bobon. He's a fun, gimmicky player. He's tall. He has, a, he has a motor that he shouldn't have. He has mobility he shouldn't have at that size. But in the end, you can only play him for a certain stretch and against certain opponents and against certain matchups and it really limits him and what his ability is. But to his credit, He's an NBA player. Now, he's just not going to be a starting NBA player. He's starting due to circumstances. We talked about Lou Dort and how much of that production is circumstances versus development. Him starting and, and Moses Brown getting these minutes is due to circumstances, not due to skill set. If Moses Brown's your center next year, your starting center, you've created a bad team. <laughs> and, and you are tanking next year if Moses Brown's your starting center. I, I wonder if Taylor Malvance at the rookie wall. He had nine points, four rebounds, two assists, very efficient night. Get that amazing and one reverse layup. But he's not really making the impact where you notice him on the floor. And a lot of the times, you forget he's out there at, at times. To where I think that he might be hitting that wall that people hit whenever they're, they're in the rookie season. And as Mark said pregame, whenever asked about Teo and asked about his kind of recent struggles, he said, look, we, we've seen what we need to see about Teo. He's gotten better from the time that we got our hands on him in the, in the preseason. And part of development is failure. And he'll fail and he'll go through adversity. He'll bounce back from it. I think that he's hitting that wall, and we'll see if he can bust through that wall in the last month or kind of stay stagnant right here. Efficient game, and you like that he's not playing outside of himself, right? You, you like that he's not jacking up shots and not trying to trying to fight his way out of this and, and, and make for a bigger impact for himself because he'd like to be doing more of the Lou Dort stealing headline stuff or the Poku stealing headline stuff. Although he's a rookie, although he's 19 years old, he's a veteran. He's played overseas before, and he's played since he's 16 years old. He's been here, done that. He wants to make that NBA impact. And he's hit that wall a bit. I want to see how he fights through it to end the year. It'll be a lot of fun watching that. And again, the circumstances around Teo has not been crying to him because of all the things we've let out before. Isaiah Roby had one play stand out to be where and, and be how he stays in this league. We talked about Moses Brown, how his ceiling's limited, his ability to stay on the floor is limited, and it's kind of there's an easy blueprint out there to, to, to mess with Moses Brown. With Isaiah Roby, He's undersized. He's going to play that undersized small ball five for the majority of his minutes in the NBA and maybe play that power forward position as he's done recently, which I think the power forward position will be his best position moving forward. But this team and, and Mark and, and Sam Pressy seem to love him at small ball five. So to be that small ball five, he has to be incredible in pick and roll defense, pick and pop defense. He has to be incredible at switching and incredibly, at ver- incredibly versatile because you cannot have a guy who's small and can't defend bigs, but also can't switch and can't be versatile. So it's crucial for Isaiah Roby to be able to switch onto guards and be able to switch onto guards in that pick and roll system, pick and pop situations. It's incredibly critical. In this game, you saw him execute that to a T where there's a pick and roll situation. He immediately hedges on the screen and then suffocates the guard coming off the screen and forces up a bad look and a shot clock violation. That's the kind of plays that will keep Roby in this league. And you know that me, the president and founder of Isaiah Roby Island, wants Isaiah Roby in this league. That's the kind of plays that does it. That's the kind of plays where you look at him and say he can do it. The threes are nice. The offense is nice. But all that 
subsides if he's a liability defensively at that five position. And while he'll never defend Jokic and Bam and those kind of players, who who can? Who can defend those kind of players is my question. Uh, what he can do is be a change of pace guy that's very versatile and allows you to switch everything and allows you to do what Mark's wanted to do since day one. Since day one, Mark has, has preached and preached and preached to us, to the team, that he wants to be versatile. He wants everyone to be able to rebound, go the other way, and, and have a ton of skill sets. Roby can do that as long as he figures out the pick and roll coverage and, and pick and pop coverages. And he's on his way to do that. He's on his way to doing that. So Isaiah Roby was really good tonight. For the Raptors, I mean, Chris Boucher was incredible. 31 points, 12 rebounds, two, uh, two assists, a steal, a block. Chris Boucher is the MVP of this game because he got the Thunder a huge loss in this one. They lose 10 straight. They're on their way to Kid Cunningham because of Chris Boucher, because of Frank Jackson, because of Josh Jackson also. These guys are MVPs for the Thunder whenever they'll be winning lottery night on June 22nd. Gary Trent Jr. kind of sleptwalked through the first half and ends up with 23 points. The Thunder, again, had a really good first half, really bad second half, and that's the story of tonight. The Thunder shot 85% from the free throw line and also turned it over 19 times. You will not win very many games like that. I should say 21 times to turn it over. You will not win very many games with 21 turnovers. And in this game, I bet Toronto minus 5.5. They won by 5, so that really hurts me. My money ball pick was Lou Dort, and of course, Lou Dort is also the MVP, and Lou Dort actually did win the money ball with five three-pointers made in this contest. We'll be back tomorrow to recap a crucial game against the Washington Wizards and Russell Westbrook. If they can lose this game, they're just about golden. On tankathon.com, it's very exciting stuff for sure, and the Kings got a big win tonight against Dallas to keep them alive in the play-in to where those games coming up later on will be very vital to them, and hopefully they'll be trying to win those games. Oklahoma City remains in sole possession of fifth place on Tinkathon.com, and they are about two games out of Orlando for fourth place. And Orlando actually lost to Houston today, so that creates another layer of scoreboard watching and, and Tankathon watching. So while we cannot watch for the playoffs and watch for the play-in and, and the seeding tournaments and all that stuff, we can watch for the NBA Draft Simulator, which is what we're going to do right here on Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. See you tomorrow to recap the Wizards game. Until then, be good and be good to one another. Listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.